0: so we're going to get back to uh, Old Faithful here. We've got a couple more away opponents, and then I do think uh, at some point or another I want to do the the Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions, uh, just kind of run through them before free agency, that frenzy begins. Just because even though I have talked about this a little bit for each, I don't think I've done quite as in-depth as I'd like to. So I want to touch on that. But today we're talking about the New York Giants. So as per usual, I'm going to talk about some of their free agents coming up, their salary cap space, just to kind of try to give us an idea at this particular point in time, although still relatively early, what it is that we can expect with this road opponent, the New York Giants, because obviously this is a team that hasn't been good in quite a while, but they have a lot of talent and they kind of started coming on strong toward the end and with the volatility that we see from year to year no reason at all to assume that this is going to be a bad team they've got some salary cap space they've got some pieces that they might move on from to free up some additional space they've got nine draft picks um and then when you got a team with you know odell beckham and you got a uh, you know saquon barkley it's not a team to be taken lightly so like i did last time i want to start off by looking at um Some of the pieces that maybe aren't going to be on the team this year, maybe some people that we can get rid of to free up a little bit of cap space. Um, Odell Beckham is one of the big ones that people have been talking about. I don't buy it. I really just don't. Um, First of all, they can't cut him. Let me just put it this way. They offered him a, what was it, like a four-year contract like four months ago? What in the world kind of a GM says, hey, you want a four-year $90 million contract, and then four months later ships him off? And understand, this is just Jay Glazer who was told, hey, I need you to come up with a bold prediction. And he's like, all right, uh, Odell Beckham is going to get traded because he's kind of a headache. This isn't like I talk to anybody in the organization and plans are this or that. Or it, It's just, it's, it's uh, off-season. It's no different than like a mock draft, man. It's just people playing around, having fun, trying to brainstorm stuff. But uh, I think that brainstorm is a little brain-dead, in my opinion. Uh, they would lose for they would have to pay 14.5 additional as far as a uh, cap hit in other words a total of 35 dollars they would have to pay if they wanted to cut odell beckham it's not possible now if they traded him, they would save five million but there's just no reason to do that there's no reason whatsoever to do that granted 21 million dollars is a lot but i would say personally if i had to pick between him and eli manning I would say Eli Manning's going. Not that I necessarily believe that, um, but uh, moving on from Eli Manning, who's going to be a free agent next year, so next year I believe he is going to be officially gone. It's just a matter of are you going to keep him one more year or not. Um, They don't really have anybody to back him up. They got Kyle Lauletta, Alex Tanney. The only reason they would do that is if they planned on drafting somebody or picking up somebody and just tanking the year. I don't really know, so it seems unlikely. But either way, they're in a tough spot. So I, I'm, I'm just saying, as much as I don't think they're going to get rid of Eli, because that puts him in an impossible can't-win situation unless they pick up a free agent, I could see Eli going before Odell Becker. Um, Olivier Vernon is an option. Definitely somebody that would uh, perk up Packer fans' ears. He's been pretty steady Eddie, but this past year he was uh, top 15 uh, edge rusher. He does play stand-up and hand-in-the-ground, depending on if it's nickel or whatnot. But real talented guy. Cutting them, they would save eleven and a half million dollars. But and just to be clear, they they've got twenty eight point two million dollars in cap space, so they don't really have to make any big cuts. But I'm thinking they're probably going to want to. That twenty eight million dollars subtract out the eleven point three, which is expected to be the cost of their draft picks. You're talking about seventeen million bucks. You look at the free agents that they have that they're probably going to re- want to resign. Um, you're running out of money pretty quick. And for the record, um, supposedly they're planning on using their franchise tag for Landon Collins. I know a lot of Packer fans are real big on Landon Collins. I'm not entirely sure why. But, um, I mean, I, I guess he's pretty good. But anyways, supposedly they want to put the uh, the tag on him. That in and of itself is about $11 million. So at j- just signing the draft picks and tagging Landon Collins are just about out of money. So you got to kind of expect something kind of big. Either Eli's getting dealt or... Odell's getting dealt, which again I think is unlikely, or Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis. Listen to me. Olivier Vernon. Nate Solder is an option, but I'd be really, really surprised just because their offensive line is not very good. And um, if you're planning on, which of course they are, planning on getting a new quarterback, either this year or next year, offensive line's going to be pretty important. Wheeling and dealing your left tackle is just dumb. So he's probably not going anywhere. Janoris, uh, Janoris Jenkins at corner. That would save him seven and three quarter million dollars. Alec Ogletree, eleven point seven five million dollars. He's getting paid. That guy is garbage. Whoever it was in the Giants that decided to pay this man this much money is a joke. The guy has never had a good year of football, ever, ever. He's so bad. Eleven million. He's a linebacker. Eleven million dollars for a linebacker is a lot. He's the third highest paid linebacker in the NFL. Luke Kuechly. Bobby Wagner, and then Alec Ogletree. And again, Ogletree has never, ever, 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 ever been a good linebacker, ever. Just baffling. They, if they could trade him, they'd save money, but they can't. So I wouldn't be surprised if they cut him. It's only going to save them $500,000, meaning they're going to have to pay basically $11 million to not play him. But at least it'll take him off the books for next year. What a joke. Whoever decided to do that should just be kicked right in the shins right in the kneecap. Otherwise, a lot of small-dollar guys, uh, some little bit of money here and there that they could save, but nobody that really matters for our purposes. But again, as we go through this, the positive here is that financially they almost have to do something drastic, Um, whether it's getting rid of Odell Beckham, which is a really not smart move. He is an unbelievable football player, regardless of the temper tantrums i mean what what are you going to be able to trade him for if he's a headache for your team he's a headache for everybody else's uh trading away eli it makes a lot of sense even if you don't get much for him as far as uh value in the draft you're saving a bunch of money the problem is you have to draft somebody this year which means you probably have to make a really bad decision there's nobody really worth as far as i know and have heard uh drafting super high for and it depends on somebody's opinion i mean i know kyler murray and Dwayne haskins but As best as I can tell, they're not actually a good value from where the the Giants are drafting. So then you're kind of in a situation where either we have to reach, because we do, because we shipped off our quarterback, or we just ride it out and hope we can hit on a quarterback somewhere. But either way, it's, it's a good situation for the Packers. The odds of them being a better team at this particular point in time, you know, obviously not looking at the draft, because everybody should be at least a little bit better. I don't know how you could be worse after the draft. But outside of the draft, their ability to improve is going to be limited. But let's take a look at some of their free agents. So Jonathan Stewart, the running back, considering they've got Saquon Barkley, they got Wayne Gallman, uh, I think out of Clemson, was that a year or two ago? Or two or three years ago now. I don't really see any reason why we have to dump a bunch of money on Jonathan Stewart. Uh, tight end Scott Simpson, never Simmonson. never heard of him, don't care. Wide receivers, and this is another reason why the Odell Beckham thing is going to be kind of questionable. You get rid of Odell Beckham, okay, well, Benny Fowler, Russell Shepard, Cody Latimer, Corey Coleman, all free agents this year. Sterling Shepard is a free agent next year. Uh, Jawell Davis, Quandre Henderson were on IR this last year. So the only guy that wasn't on IR and isn't going to be a free agent either this year or next year is Odell Beckham Odell Beckham and Alonzo Russell, and you want to ship off Odell Beckham. So what, so you could re-sign all your wide receivers? You're going to ship off Odell Beckham so you can pay for Cody Latimer and Benny Fowler? Come on now. But, again, let's dispel the myth of Odell Beckham. It's still going to cost you a bunch of money. How much is Benny Fowler going to cost? How much is Russell Shepard going to cost? How much is Cody Latimer going to cost? How much is Corey Coleman going to cost? So it's going to be a negative either way. They're probably going to have to move on from at least one or two of these guys. And the ones they keep, they're going to have to pay for, which means less money. Um, other guys that are on the offensive side that are free agents, you got John Greco, Spencer Pulley, and Jamon Brown. This puts them at a really tough spot on the interior of their offensive line, which is already not very good. Will Hernandez was a rookie this past year, so he could obviously improve, but as far as your center and guard situation, you got it's 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 another one of those situations we've talked about with other teams where I don't want to have to pay to keep them on my team because they're not good. But I have to because then if I don't pay them, I don't have anybody. So now I have to pay money to football players that I don't want on my team simply because I don't have other bodies to fill this spot. So even more of their limited resources are going to be gone and it's going to be a terrible offensive line. Looking at their defense, they've got four defensive ends that are free agents. Josh Morrow, John Jenkins, Kerry Wynn, and Mario Edwards. They've got a lot of bodies along their defensive line, but ever since they got rid of Snacks Harrison, there's just nobody that's super dominant. Delvin Tomlinson is pretty talented. He's a good run defender. Um, but, you know, it's just a matter of... None of these guys are to the level where you'd say we have to pay to keep them, but you can't get rid of four of these guys because then you have nothing left. So again, I don't mind getting rid of some, but we're going to have to pick some to stay because we need the bodies. Um, At linebacker, they've got Nathan Stupar. He is just the worst ever. He's got to be gone. Corners, B.W. Webb and Tony Lippett. They actually don't have a lot of corners. You know, they they were shipping off a lot of players. They got rid of Snacks, but they also got got rid of Eli Apple. So right now they have Janoris Jenkins and Grant Haley. Well janoris is a candidate to be shipped off to save a little bit of money but if we do that all we have is grant haley who's not very good he's graded as the 36th best cornerback meaning he's not quite a good number one or he's not a he's he's a solid number two i guess is what we could say but we don't have a number one corner so bw webb and tony lippett are garbage but there are number three and four guys so what do we do here so yeah we we need some cornerback help and again don't want to pay him because they're terrible. Need the bodies. Then at safety, as I said, Landon Collins and Curtis Riley. Landon Collins supposedly getting the franchise tag. I think Curtis Riley is a candidate to be gotten rid of because we salary cap is just too valuable. I don't I don't care about you that much. So goodbye. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So anyways, I want to run through their roster real quick, just kind of top to bottom to kind of take a look at uh, their overall Team, I guess, do a little bit of a survey. As I said, with quarterback, Eli's just not good, man. Eli hasn't been a good quarterback realistically since about 2012. From 2009 to 2012, you could make an argument that he is a good quarterback. Since then, he has just not been very good. Since probably 2016, he's been getting into the close to, I don't want to say bad, but close to bad territory. He's a starter at least, but just, I mean, come on, man. He's not going to take you anywhere. So for me personally, and I know this isn't how anybody likes to think, and I'm not talking about s- definitively tanking, but let's just say hypothetically, we could trade Eli Manning and we could offload $17 million in cap space, much needed cap space. And we could go out and get a guy, let's just say someone like Teddy Bridgewater. And let's say we could get him for, I don't know, I think he made like $6 million last year. Actually, I think it was $5 million, but that was like cash in hand. It was. It ended up being like a three-year contract. What I'm saying is they didn't pay him any money, basically. He's basically a free quarterback. I don't think Teddy's a great quarterback, but how much worse is he than Eli Manning? And beyond that, if, he's, if we're not going to get the future of our franchise this year, and we could try if we think there's somebody great, fine, but why don't we just kind of put in a half-hearted effort, not really call it a half-hearted effort to our fan base, But, uh, you know, put in an effort, but an effort that still sees us getting a top five draft pick. Get a great quarterback and, uh, you know, really go after it in 2020. I'm just saying. Because I don't really know what other options we have other than, okay, fine, we'll draft, uh, you know, Haskins and he'll be a subpar quarterback for the next seven years and we'll just tie it, we'll just handcuff ourselves to this mediocre quarterback for the rest of our lives because we just happen to need a quarterback in... 2019, when it's a weak quarterback class, because we can't wait until 2020 and get a really good quarterback. No, it has to be today, and we have to draft one, and we're going to draft him too early, and he's not very good, and we're going to be a garbage franchise for another six, seven years because we got a mediocre quarterback. I don't know why that's why what I'm saying is so outrageous that we're basically going to put in a half hearted effort, and then in 2020, we're going to be awesome, and we're going to be awesome for the foreseeable future. We're going to try to get somebody that we can have for, I don't know, 10 years. No, that's crazy, man. You can't tank a year. You got to scratch and claw to try to almost get into the playoffs and then handcuff yourself to a bad quarterback for seven years. Whatever. You do you. I'm just saying. I'd be talking to the Saints about getting Teddy Bridgewater. That's all I'm saying. But either way, at the quarterback situation, I don't see a scenario in which, unless they just really hit on a rookie quarterback that's great year one, I don't see how we're going up against a good quarterback when we play the Giants. Worst-case scenario, it's Eli, and he's having a good day. I don't know what could be worse for us. Um, At wide receiver, uh, Odell Beckham, obviously a freak. We're going to need our corners to be on their P's and Q's. We're going to need Jair to really step up. Uh, Beyond that, though, I don't know. Sterling Shepard isn't very good. I know he was kind of a big name for a little while, I think because he was the number two behind Odell, so he kind of had some big stats for a little while, but he's been pretty mediocre since forever. Benny Fowler is no good. They don't have a whole lot else going on. Uh, obviously, Saquon at running back, guy's an absolute freak. Um, runner and receiver, fast, powerful, elusive, you name it, he's got it. He's going to be tough to account for. Fortunately, the offensive line isn't great, but that's what this team kind of brings uh, to the table. You can laugh at him overall, but they got guys that can just absolutely embarrass you. Tight ends, Evan Ingram, pretty talented dude, basically an in-line receiver. So right out of the gate, again, my thought is linebacker, as well as, for example, strong safety or whatever you want to call Josh Jones, because if, if Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram are lessened as far as their impact, this is going they're gonna have a really hard time because they don't have a whole lot of weapons. They got some really really good ones, but you take away one or two, they've only got one or two. All right? They don't have a number two wide receiver. They don't have an offensive line. They don't have. They, they, they've got nothing. They don't have a quarterback. So as I've said consistently and I you know it's nothing against uh, Blake Martinez I think he's stepped up in this past year as I've said this uh his big attribute was in coverage. I will say though if we were to get let's just say we did get Earl Thomas and I know I talk about it a lot and it's maybe somewhat of a pipe dream but for me it's just it's it's the most obvious and and the most I, I don't see a whole lot of downside with it. Obviously, we're in competition with a lot of other teams. I'm not saying just, like, go to the supermarket and buy them. But if we're going to be aggressive about something, you get him. But anyways, if if we had an Earl Thomas type, if we had that figured out, I would love to be able to get somebody in the draft as a strong safety. If we got a guy like Taylor Rapp that could handle this kind of responsibility, somebody that can that can play deep but can also come up and just bang with guys, um, somebody that that can play against the run one minute or can be used against these kinds of tight ends. I think a guy like Taylor Rapp could be a huge piece for teams like the Giants. In other words, their biggest strengths outside of Odell Beckham, which is going to be the responsibility of our corners and, for example, Earl Thomas, if we happen to get him. But just just think about what, what little that would do. If we got Earl, just, just say we got Earl. Because we talk about, oh, we got to get the top edge guys. There are no top edge guys. They're all garbage. The top-edge guys that are actually top-edge guys are all going back to their teams, right? That Nobody worth anything is ever going to make it as a free agent like that. Very rarely does that ever happen. You get Khalil Max once every 10 billion years because you get coaches that are just brain-dead. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is a once-in-a-lifetime kind of guy. Let's get rid of him because he's not my guy. I didn't pick him. It just is not going to happen. Earl Thomas wants out. He doesn't want to go back to his team, right? That's also why you get, you know um antonio browns and those kinds of guys basically that's what it is the earl thomas's the antonio browns the only reason they're not going back to their team is because they said i'm not playing for you anymore ever again all right i want more money i'm gonna hold out no we're not gonna pay you fine i'll play busts his knee gives his team literally the middle finger he's not coming back but anyway just just think about that you get a guy like that and i i say like that because it doesn't have to be him but there's literally nobody else you get an actually talented free or strong safety Not Josh Jones. No disrespect intended, necessarily, but it is what it is. The guy is not good. Again, he couldn't even make it on the field when we had guys that didn't belong on the field starting above him. Kentrell Bryce, I don't think he got that job because Kentrell Bryce was awesome. He was kind of terrible. But still, our second-round draft pick wasn't on the field. Why? Jermaine Whitehead was over him. Why? Whitehead gets booted off the team they slowly start moving josh jones in and i'm kind of excited because like okay cool let's see what he can do he couldn't really do anything man i'm just saying you get that safety spot figured out you get the edge rusher in the draft not in free agency because there really isn't anybody i mean if you want to try to get a somewhat talented guy to round it out a little bit cool but you're not getting your double digit sack guy in free agency so we got the dt's locked up because we got awesome defensive tackles we got Blake Martinez at linebacker and whatever mishmash of guys we got there. Hopefully, Oren Burks can step up at least a little bit. But really, if if we just had a one good pass rusher, guys at corner stepping up, Jair takes a little bit more of a step. We get one guy to step up at corner. Somebody else as the number two. And then we've got Earl Thomas and Taylor Rapp at safety. Dude, this de- oh. And I'm supposed to be talking about the Giants, and I still kind of am, because this would just absolutely obliterate the Giants and their ability to do much of anything against us. But, um, yeah, a couple small little things I think could just make a huge difference. Anyways, continuing on looking at their offensive line now. I mentioned Nate Solder. This was a uh, free agent pickup they got from the Patriots, which I was excited about because I was like, "Aha! Patriots don't have their stalwart left tackle anymore. Well, whatever. Um, he's He's decent. He's also very beatable. He was graded as the 21st best left tackle. Um, he's he's graded out very good three years. The rest of his career has been good. So he's, he's, he's good. He's good. That's There's no other way to really put it. He's not elite. He's not unbeatable. He's not going to be like, oh, it's going to be a tough matchup. It's just, you know. In other words, I think Kyler Fackrell probably wouldn't get three sacks against him. But if we were to draft a really talented guy, I, I like his chances against Nate Solder. The interior, however, they just they don't have anybody we got to see what happens with Will Hernandez and his development but uh they i mean they just don't really even have bodies much less talent the right tackle they don't have anybody and you know obviously we got to watch and see what they do in the draft but you think about it let let's say their first i don't know what do they got i think they got five picks in the in the first four rounds cuz they have two fourth round picks what do they have to do they they need a quarterback wouldn't hurt to get a wide receiver they need guards, they need centers, they need a right tackle. They could probably use some corners. Their linebackers are trash. Um, they, they do have that one good edge rusher if they don't trade them away. I, they, they need everything. So in a sense, by all means, please get a guard. By all means, get a center and a guard. Waste two picks on that nonsense. But I think the Packers should be able to exploit that. again, cornerbacks, they don't have a single person. I, I mean, they, they got two guys that can maybe match up against Marquez and EQ, They don't have a single person that's going to be able to handle Devontae. That's just going to be a feast, an absolute feast. And again, you look at their linebacking group, which is garbage. I don't know who our linebacker is going to be, but even if it's Jimmy Graham, if he can even somewhat take a small step away from being terrible, he's just going to eat these guys' lunch. Linebackers can't do anything. They don't have very good safeties. They don't have good corners. It's just, I don't see how their defense is going to be able to do very much um you know again linebackers bj goodson alec ogletree tay davis and alec ogletree is just sucking up all their money if they get rid of them it'll help them next year it's not going to help them this year they only save five hundred thousand dollars unless they can trade them but nobody's going to pay that much money nobody's going to take on his contract so they don't have linebackers defensive tackle group like i said Dalvin tomlinson is a decent uh run stuffer but um considering how much the packers are expected to focus on the run uh, i just don't see them having much success stopping us i mean unless the plan is just run at dalvin tomlinson all the time then we might have a little bit of trouble but not much um and then again off the edge olivier vernon pretty talented dude but um that's it so you got olivier vernon who's going up against the best left tackle in the nfl best of luck to you their defense just isn't very good so i i think looking at the two teams matched up if it's me personally my goal here is to handle up front I know I you know what I just said about the safeties would be absolutely huge and I stand by that as far as upgrading this team that would be the easiest thing to do get Earl Thomas draft a guy like Taylor Rapp boom done deal but as far as the strategy goes you know if, if I can get my defensive tackles back and I'm not really sure what's going to happen with Muhammad Wilkerson but you get my defensive tackles back give me one guy off the edge that's really really solid I'm guessing we're going to end up drafting more than one throughout the course of the draft but you know who knows when the second guy is going to go off the board, fourth round, fifth round, whatever. Give me that one stud. And by stud, I'm not just talking about strictly pass rusher, but if we can just minimize the effects of a guy like Saquon Barkley and to an extent Evan Ingram, in other words, take away what's going on up front as well as get pressure up front. So in other words, the front is where we're bringing a lot of the heat. So they can't run and we're getting consistent pressure on them. What what I'm doing is I'm putting pressure on Eli Manning and telling him he's going to have to win this thing and he's going to have to kind of throw it down the field because I want to take away everything up close. Now, that could come back and bite you if Odell's able to make some stuff happen, but I'm going to trust Jair. And if we do have somebody like Earl or Taylor Rapp and or whatever, I'm going to have a little bit of help over the top. And you know, again, no explanation needed as far as how much a guy like Earl Thomas can help you in those kinds of situations. But it's just, those are the weapons that they have. And if we're going to be, you know, maybe trying to take a page out of the Patriots book, it's, I'm going to take away what you do best. Now, you could come at it from the other standpoint and say, let's just try to take away Odell Beckham, and just say, if you want to run, go ahead and run. I just don't like that, because what I'm really tired of watching the Packers do is allowing teams to, to go on these 11, 12, 13, 14 play drives all the way down the field, tire out our defense. We come out and either do a three and out or we fire down the field and score in about four plays, and our defense has to go right back out. I I, I want the more, I'm done with the bend, don't break. I want fast and physical. You want to beat us, go ahead and beat us. But we're not going to play scared. We're not going to play back. We're going to smash you in your mouth. And if you want to play, you better play. Go ahead and try to throw it down the field. Go ahead and see if you can do it. See if your guy can beat our guys down the field. But up front, you don't want to play with us in the trenches. Not a smart plan. And obviously, you play a little bit of physical uh, football with Odell Beckham. You get some bad passes to Odell Beckham. You start to take away Odell Beckham so they're not even throwing to him. You start to see him throw a temper tantrum, and it's just game over. The only thing you'd have to really watch for is Saquon Barkley in space. But that's where you get your linebackers. That's where you get a guy like Taylor Rapp who's able to work in space and kind of mitigate that kind of stuff. Because, no, again, I don't want uh, Josh Jones to be responsible for that. I just don't. If he's our backup, fine, he can be our backup. But, I, you know, I, I just I want to get serious. And I think we can do things that are actually serious. I think getting Earl Thomas, I don't care if it's $12, $13, 14000000 million, dollars, go get him. Let's stop playing games with these mediocre guys. Let's stop talking about, oh, Tremont, he's really good. He's not, though. I love Tremont Williams. I love him. He's done. I just did that whole thing with the the 2010 team and how much of a help he was. Tremont is awesome. He's not a a guy that's going to help us get to the Super Bowl playing free safety. I mean, if anything, let's bring him back up to corner. If we're going to hang on to him, let's bring him back. I'd rather him be our corner. I want to get serious, and we got to get we got to get more serious with our defensive backs. As much as we've invested too much, I don't care. Get a proven commodity, draft a guy like Rapp, draft a guy like, you know, Chauncey Gardner, get uh, Abraham, whatever it is you're you're in the mood for, I don't care. I think there are some good safeties in this class. Deontay, maybe. Again, I would prefer um, to go out and pay for a free safety and draft a strong safety. Just saying, that's my preference. But I think those are the kinds of moves that can really help some things. And then all that is required, all we need is for one or two guys to step up right? that That's one free agent and one draft pick. After that, we need, you know, Oren Burks to step up a little bit, Josh Jackson to step up a little bit, Kevin King to stay healthy, and draft me one edge rusher. That's it. How many draft picks do we have? How much cap space do we have? I'm talking about one free agent, two draft picks, and, and the coaches doing their job and coaching up some guys. In this defense, we, we go from being kind of like, oh, this is not good to, oh my goodness, these guys are freaks. And I know it's easier said than done. You don't get to pick necessarily who you draft because there are 11 teams in front of you that get to make decisions before you. You don't get to pick which free agents you go out and get. You can pick which ones you pursue, but there's no guarantee you're going to get them. But I'm just saying, I, I, I see this as an opportunity to do a couple tweaks as well as growth through coaching and this defense is just night and day. I mean, Mike Pettin just made a statement, which is probably just a nothing statement because all coaches say this stuff. But he says he has uh, an expectation that there's going to be a, a big step in year two of his coaching this defense. And I hope that's true because that's that's going to be probably more than 50% of the success of this defense it isn't going to be based on the new guys we bring in. It's going to be based on the growth of the guys that have already been here. Um, flipping it on the other side, now looking at our offense up against their defense. I've already mentioned uh, Devontae Adams going up against, you know, whoever, Uh, probably going to be Janoris Jenkins, if they even play shadow coverage, but it doesn't matter. They don't have anybody. Obviously, it's possible they draft a cornerback who ends up being pretty solid, but the odds that he's going to be good enough to come in and shut down Devontae, slim to none. So you look at what they do have and say, what could cause a problem for the Packers? And I'm really struggling. Again, they have um, Olivier Vernon, but we have David Bakhtiari. They don't have really anybody else that's a good pass rusher. They don't have good linebackers. If we were to, you know, again, we're talking about development, but we're also talking about bringing people on, and I, I think any one of the, the three options at wide receiver are, would be fine with me. Whether If we want to stick with the guys we have and try to develop them, I'm going to be nervous, but that's going to be up to the guys we have upstairs saying I really like them and I think they're going to take a big step. Super risky. Um but if that's what the case is, then I am I guess I'm okay with that. Uh, free agency, though, or the draft, as I've said a billion times, that number two is going to make a big difference. Because let's just say they decide Landon Collins is going to help to double-team Devontae all day long. Suddenly, we're in trouble. Now, that shouldn't be a problem, because if you do something like that, it's like, well, we're going to hurt you somewhere else, but where? Right? We need Marquez to step up. We need EQ to step up. We need... Jay Kumaro to step up. We need Geronimo Allison, whoever it is that's going to be on this team. Somebody's got to be there. My personal position is I don't really trust these guys. Um, I think it's very possible one of them can step up. we not the difference between them and the corners. Even though I don't have a huge amount of faith in the corners either, is that the corners we're talking about early round guys. There's a reason to have a higher expectation for a Josh Jackson, who is a second-round pick that a lot of people thought was a first-round value, than a Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who was taken on the third day. There's a reason that somebody that tall and that fast goes on the third day. It's because they're limited as far as what they can do. Everybody saw the speed, and everybody saw the height. Why would you take them so late? There's concerns about his ability to play wide receiver. So why is it we have this assumption that he's going to be great? Because he's fast? How many fast wide receivers are trash in the NFL? How about this? Put it another way. Look at all the top wide receivers. How many of these guys run the four two or in the four threes? Do any of them? DeAndre Hopkins is six foot one. He ran a four five seven. Six foot one runs a four five seven. We, I think we get too caught up in the traits, man. Oh, he's six foot four. He runs a four three seven. So what? What does that have to do with being a good wide receiver? Michael Thomas is six three, runs a four five seven. The top two wide receivers, according to PFF, run a four five seven. Julio six three runs a four three four. So there you go. He's a freak. He's thirty years old, so he probably can't run a four three four anymore. I'd be surprised if he can run in the four threes still. But y- you get my point, right? You can't just say, "Look how tall and fast they are," and say, "Well, yeah, but I mean, that's going to make them good." There's a lot of really, really, really fast guys in the NFL that aren't any good and are never any good. Devante's six one four five six. If anything, give me a six foot one guy that runs a four five six or a four five seven. Devonte and Hopkins are basically the exact same guy, six one four five six. So, I'm just saying, I don't have a huge amount of expectation that the guys who were mediocre are suddenly going to be very good. Now, this is going to be a common thread for every team I talk about, but one of the biggest things we can do to help to beat a team like the Giants is to get that number two guy. And for the record, that can be a tight end. There just has to be somebody else. Preferably a couple other somebody else's. I mean, let, let's let's double down on it. We got Devontae. We'll get a, a slot guy. You know, I don't know, Golden Tate or whatever. That's assuming we get rid of Cobb. And then we draft a guy. So you've got Devontae, you've got your free agent, you've got your draft pick, and then you've got your second-year guy. Out of that group, we should at least have three, right? And that's not even counting tight ends that maybe we drafted, or possibly Jimmy Graham is a little bit better because we have new coaches that hopefully know how to utilize tight ends a little bit better. But yeah, in general, against the, the Giants, I think what I would like to do is to get the ball out quickly and work laterally. You know, force these linebackers to have to run around a little bit. Force, force the safeties to have to come up and try to tackle. Force Dalvin Delv, uh, Tomlinson to have to get on his horse and try to get to the outside and make a tackle, as opposed to just standing in there and eating up, you know, a couple blocks. Stretch things out. Use some motion. A lot of throws behind the line of scrimmage. Just get guys moving. That's when you can start taking them over the top. I think uh, pro- part of the problem of being so boring and predictable is that guys can kind of just stay where they are and be comfortable in where they are and what they're doing. One of the biggest things, I think, one of the biggest benefits of all this motion and this college-looking stuff isn't just that it looks cool, but you've got safeties and linebackers that are constantly in a state of, I don't know what to do, constantly moving the wrong direction. And in a game that's about inches and about seconds, if you get a linebacker to go the wrong way for just a second and you take the play the other direction, they're out of the play. It's game over. Even, even if you don't get them going the wrong way, just get them to hesitate. Force them to sit there and think for a second what's actually going on. But I want to get the ball out quick, and I want to utilize the speed that we have, and I want to utilize the run game, but I especially want to utilize it on the edges. If they have one strength, it's, it's Olivier Vernon, and I'm not going to give these guys an opportunity to get some push up the middle and get after Rodgers. If they decide to get aggressive and bring extra pressure, they're going to get hurt for that because the ball's coming out quickly. I don't know why you want to blitz the uh, the nickel back, because I'm just going to be throwing a quick pass to the slot corner. So now he's got a free run up the middle. He's not going to get touched till the safety, and you better hope he can make a tackle. But in general, I tend to think that this is going to be a win for the Packers. we got to see how this manifests. As I said, the Giants looked like a different team toward the end of the second half of the year last year. Packers obviously were not a good team last year, so i got to kind of assume they're just going to be awesome to get to the point where it's like, oh yeah, we're definitely going to win that game. And I probably shouldn't, but it's a Packers podcast, so I'm going to. But defensively, this team doesn't have a lot. And they don't have enough money to go out into free agency and do a lot. They do have a decent amount of draft picks. But again, once you get past the fourth round, what what exactly are your expectations? The hit rate has got to be well below 50% at that point. And by hit rate, I just mean guys that are going to not only start, but actually be uh, talented contributors. In other words, I don't expect to look at this and go, oh shoot, they got that one really good corner now that they got in the sixth round. That just doesn't happen. So if we say that they have five picks that have the potential of being really talented guys and I had to distribute them, I still think they have a really hard time stopping the Packers. If the Packers can even just get back to being somewhat what they were, if they can just get into some kind of a rhythm, Aaron Rodgers can get into a rhythm, Devontae Adams is still playing well, if Jimmy Graham could be a little bit better, if if EQ and or Marquez can be a little bit better, if the run game can be improved, I just think we steamroll this defense. Then it just comes down to how serious are we on defense, because if we just truck out the same defense we had last year, I think that the Giants have a good chance of just steamrolling us. If I'm the GM, I'm going to get real aggressive. And I don't, I don't mean real aggressive like I'm going to get a bunch of guys, but I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, yeah, I, I want Earl Thomas. I'm willing to pay him a lot of money. I'm also willing to move up in the draft if need be, but I don't even think that's a necessary thing to do. I'm not willing to give up three first-round draft picks to move up and get Nick Bosa. I, don't, I definitely don't want to move up that far and get Josh Allen because the more I watch him, the more I think he's just not worth a number three in my mind. And I'm especially not going to trade all the way up to get him at three. So if you're talking about 12, I got the opportunity to get a Brian Burns or a Ja'Kai Polite, even a Cleveland Furl for whatever that's worth. I, I'd rather just sit at 12. But anyways, I'm just getting excited, man. We're, we're getting close free agencies warming up. You start hearing these rumors and you know, they're just rumors and they don't mean anything like pro football focus saying they think Earl Thomas is going to go to the Packers. And then there's all these reports, Earl Thomas reportedly, uh, going to the Packers or whatever kind of nonsense, because somebody's like, I don't know, probably the Packers. Maybe that would kind of make sense, but I just, I don't even care. Cause I get excited about it. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, giants have got a ways to go and i think again if it was me i'd be more focused on building for the future i'd be looking at 2020 to be about the time that i'm going to make a big push when i can get our our franchise quarterback but um we'll see we'll see what happens um again we'll revisit this after free agency and after the draft and kind of look at where people are at but um i would be surprised if this is a team that at the end of the draft i'm looking at it going "Eh, maybe i was wrong the giants look pretty pretty stacked So anyways, you folks, enjoy your Monday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.